0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We talk today to Simon Dyakowski. He's the CEO of Junior Miner GSP Resources. We discuss a number of topics, including their corporate structure, what they hope to find and how they're going to create shareholder value. Hey, Simon, how are you?
1: Doing well, thanks. How are you?
0: Not bad, not bad. So, uh, good talk. You've kind of got a brand new project here that we're going to hear about. So, why don't you kick off give us a one minute summary? We'll uh, pick it up from there.
1: Sure. So, uh, GSP Resource Corp. It's a brand new listed uh, TSX venture mineral exploration issuer. So, we listed uh, late last year in December of 2018. Uh, The company was actually incorporated in February of 2018. So, it's a fairly new project uh, put together by some partners here in Vancouver. And you know, the whole idea of it is, is we, we acquired a, a very prospective, never been drilled before, large land package in southwestern British Columbia in a district that's uh, well known for mining of uh, platinum and palladium alluvially out of the rivers. Uh, the Tulamine River and the Similkameen River, specifically, they've had over 20,000 ounces of mining recorded in them. Uh, we had an opportunity to acquire a 3,000 hectare package of claims last year on an attractive option. Basis, and uh, we decided to launch a a new, you know, uh, mining issuer off the back of that. And uh, the reason we're talking today is that we've recently commenced and completed an initial drill program. So we've punched in uh, seven holes, 1,200 meters, and uh, you know, we're we're eager to get results and to see if uh, some of the spectacular numbers we found on surface, you know, bear out throughout the the rock. Okay, so
0: let's start with trying to understand what the plan is here what what is this place so If people looking at this new what are they what are you asking them to buy into because in terms of the asset you don't know much you've done a little bit of drawing right so what, what what's the play here
1: sure yeah so so really the play from a you know a retail investors perspective or a, or a high net worth individual would be to buy into a well-structured mining vehicle so um, you know, I've been around the industry for a long time and, and I found at least in my experiences that a lot of deals you, know, you don't the story's good, but you don't have a chance to make money because there's a pretty extreme dilution by the time any meaningful work is done. So you know, we uh, at GSP, we've made a very concerted effort to keep the share count low. We've kept it uh, you know to this point we have 11.7 million shares out uh, just shy of 15 million fully diluted. Um, trading at a, a market cap of you know three to four million dollars over the last few weeks so so it's a micro cap opportunity um, but just to touch a bit more on the structure i mean anybody can have a low share count but what we did was we you know we've made sure everybody's interests are aligned so we have uh, an escrow provision for for not just the um, you know the, the people that are uh, <coughs> you know forced into the escrow like directors and officers but um, in fact all of our private investors that came in and even the later rounds of of private financing, voluntarily agreed to a thirty-six month release schedule. So, okay. investors that come in at this point, they can, uh, you know, they can rest assured that there's not going to be um, selling pressure coming at them. You know, as they're trying to get a position, um, and they've got a fair shake at at participating in any upside if we do pull some numbers on a new discovery.
0: Okay, so so let's look at that because that's really that's interesting to me. Um, this is not a Vancouver-Toronto uh, promote play this is you think you've got something and you're backing yourselves to deliver and if it doesn't work out you're not going to make anything out of this
1: yeah yeah exactly and, and you know just to back up a little bit so so I put the deal together with some some of my associates you know uh, people that I've been working with for the last number of years so you know I'm the controlling shareholder there you know every every share I own um, is fully disclosed there's no there's no group in the background per se um, who's positioned. You know, I'm not hired by them to run the company. Um, this is really, you know, a group of um, individuals that uh, you know, have, you know, are a little bit disillusioned with some of the uh, some of the deals in town um, and, and how they're run. Um, obviously, look, there's a place for for all sorts of different levels of risk in, in junior mining and exploration, and you know, albeit ours is very early stage and extremely risky. We want to you know control whatever risks we can and capital structure being a uh, being a huge uh, you know a huge risk for anybody who's buying into one of these places. okay so, so let's let's
0: carry on was- just let's carry on on that um you're not paying yourselves you're taking remuneration and shares which you're paying for or you're allocating yourself
1: no so i paid for my shares right. so i i put it you know i take a small salary i take uh you know until we have some meaningful i take could take uh or i know i take $3000 a month right so it's uh you know, this isn't a, It's not a. It's not a really a moneymaker for me. But, um, no, yeah. I you know I paid for my shares. There was no remuneration for getting the position. It, you know, it's really an investment on my part and on my partner's parts. Um, right. You know, and until we have something very meaningful to talk about, and until you know we've made money for you know a number of investors, I think that's the way we'll. Uh, right. You know, we'll Your continue to, to okay. run the business. Here. So, how much
0: money's been put in? How much cash is actually? Been put in?
1: Uh, Well, we burn aside. So, when we're not working, so obviously when we're drilling, there's a cost associated with that, which we can touch on later. But uh, the corporate GNA is, you know, including all the uh, the costs of running the company, it's 15,000 Canadian per month. So, that's uh, about as low as you can get really for running an active company.
0: Right. Okay. And and how do you pay for the drill season when, you know, I know you've just done some drilling. How did you pay for that? Whose money was it?
1: Yeah. So, we. Yeah, it was. So we raised money in the public market. Uh, a couple of very small raises. So we raised flow through in British Columbia. There's a, a tax incentive uh, uh, if you're a BC resident and your project is in BC. There's a, a tax credit that you can obtain by investing into uh, an exploration project. And uh, you know the rules around that are actually they're 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 good. They're very strict. Um, you, you know, they're, the the CRA, the tax authority here in Canada, uh, does a very good job of making sure that any money you raise. And flow through gets spent basically on, uh, you know, drilling grassroots exploration, um, some development work. So you know you can't cover office expenses from that. Um,
0: so what was that? Number? And yeah,
1: so that was uh, we did two hundred fifty thousand on the IPO, and then we topped it up with a hundred and eighty thousand, or sorry, hundred and seventy thousand, uh, just before we we started our drill program a couple of months ago. So right. um, you know, call it a uh, you know half a million dollars of flow through. Over the last year,
0: okay, interesting. So, I mean, maybe that leads us nicely on. So, let's let's talk about how you're going to spend that money and what it's going to get you. Because it's not a lot of money, right? Yeah, I know you're early stage, but still, you spend it wisely, and you're telling me you are. Yeah, talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, so our cost of drilling is around two two hundred dollars Canadian all in per meter, um, off of a you know relatively small program. So that cost will come down if we expand the program next year. But um, you know that that's actually what we spent it on. So um, we did quite a bit of grassroots work in 2018 to get the property ready to, to see if we wanted to even drill it. So we spent $100,000 on an airborne survey on a, kind of a prospective part of the property uh, in the kind of in the main zones, what we call it, and then we spent about a quarter million dollars on a full soil geochemical survey, rock chip sampling, mapping program that helped us hone in on specific drill targets that we. That we executed on this fall, um, and then it was around two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to drill the twelve holes. Right. Um, you know, we initially we were going to do just nine hundred meters over five holes, um, yeah. but we like what we saw as we were drilling, and we actually expanded that to uh, to seven and, and twelve hundred meters. Um, and uh, you know, all unique targets, I might add. So, so really, you know, seven good shots of uh, finding something unique. So,
0: do you know what you're drilling for? What are you looking for? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So we're looking for, um, you know, it's uh, it's a very interesting part of the uh, of the country here. It's actually one of the few areas that's recognized by the U.S.G.S. as a you know a basin that could potentially host platinum group metals. Mm-hmm. Um, so the primary the primary metal we're looking for is copper, um, but there is a potential for uh, nickel. So we're right at the contact of um, an intrusive diorite and, a, and an ultramafic formation, and it's one of the only. Ultra mafic formations that comes to surface in B.C. So the theory is is that where those two rocks meet, uh, there could be layered massive for semi massive sulfides, which could host uh, platinum group metals. So um, you know platinum, palladium, gold, copper, nickel is the target right now.
0: Yeah, I guess about, like in, for investors, if you're, you're naming a whole bunch of you know metals there, which it kind of gets confusing. You want to be known for something, so you're after copper there's potential for Nickel too, but what, what, what do you what do you want to be focused on?
1: Well, I mean, what we want to be focused on is that, uh, it's a good question. I Apart mean, from making money, rate. right? Yeah, making money. <laughs> heard I heard. mean, on, on grassroots exploration, I think discovery, you know, we're, it's not like we're going into a property where we're following up on somebody else's work, where maybe 30 or 50 years ago, there was a drill hole that went in and, and got, you know, a, a nominal intersection of low-grade Gold. And, you know, we're, you know, a, a, a lot of you know a lot of other stories will go in and kind of retest existing projects existing targets so we're not doing that so how our investors make money is there is there's is no expectation for anything on this ground really i mean we do have some high grade results at the surface but it's never been tested with a drill hole so um you know i think if we get you know an intersection of low grade copper with the precious metals kicked, um, that would be a way for our investors to make money. Uh, you know, there's a lot of eyeballs on the story now. Uh, and I think that, you know, again, any any kind of copper with a kicker of, of base, uh, sorry, of precious metals would be well received. And I might add that we're right in the vicinity of a very large copper mine. So um, maybe just to touch on where we're located. So we're about a three and a half hour drive outside of Vancouver, uh, right in the heart of Southwestern BC. So 25 kilometers to uh, the south east of us is Copper Mountain. So that's a you know prolific Copper mine that's been in operation on and off over you know, the past several decades here in British Columbia. It's located outside of the mine of, uh, town of Princeton, and they're mining a grade right now of about, uh, I think it's uh, 0.35 or very low-grade Copper, 0.3 or 0.35% Copper with a, a low-grade precious uh, metals kick in the form of low-grade Gold. So, you know, I think if we beat any of their grades on a discovery, uh, um, meet or beat. I think that would create some some interest in doing further work on the project and an equity valuation re-rating uh, as well. And just to touch on that, there's a project 50 kilometers to the north of us called Shovel Nose that's been uh, disc. It's a discovery made by West Westhaven Ventures last year. So you know, very similar to us, they were you know a micro cap company um, had been working on it for a few years but hadn't had. I think the success they were they were looking for through the drill bit until uh, it was August of 2018, and they hit some some you know uh, I think it was a 17 meter intersection of uh, some high grade gold, Um, and they re-rated to a valuation of 100 million Canadian market cap in very short order. Um, So you know I think for for our investors, that's a good thing to remember is that you know it within a very um, close proximity to us there has been a validation of our. uh, investment thesis really on the back of good results um, but yeah to answer your question uh, copper with the precious metals kick would be uh, would be what we'd be hoping for but I do mention the other metals because you know our soil surveys um, the ge- and the geologic theory uh, in the you know, is amenable to nickel or copper right so you'd find the nickel more in the diorite and the copper would be more in the ultramafic rock and we're drilling at the contact so Right. It's uh, yeah. It, that, that it's hopefully that that answers it.
0: Yeah. Well, answer some of it. But you know, I think what, what I'm hearing though is you are not quite sure. You know what you want, but you're not quite sure what you're going to get because it's early stages. Um, and you know, investors need to be mindful of that. That what? Well, you need to be mindful of what type of investors you're looking for because no one's going to bet their house on this. It's the, the risk. No. So yeah. Quite we're high, not. Right? So who are you looking Absolutely. for? Absolutely. What? what, what what would you say investors should be like if they're investing in something like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. We're obviously not looking for anybody to risk a great amount of money on this. It's a speculative drill shot. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, we're looking for investors that have participated in these discovery stories in the past um, that want to be sure that if there is a discovery that, you know, that the share price responds accordingly. Um, and, you know, that, and that's something that needs to be re, uh, uh, reinforced in that, you know, a, a lot of companies do produce good results, but they don't have the ability to get the results in front of investors. So, you know, the people that have bet on the, you know, on the, you know, on the risk capital that they put in to support these projects, they're, they're not rewarded when, you know, the geological theories or the, you know, what they would like to see is validated. So, yeah. uh, you know, I would, I would uh, stress to investors that are, you know, the group that I work with here um you know we uh we have a very strong focus on on you know obviously the technical aspect of getting good properties of you know working with with good geologists good teams on the technical side to get the work done but we also have uh you know a, a focus you know not not an over focus but a focus on making sure that you know we're we're working on projects that investors might be interested to see in the context of the market so right. okay. um you know yeah
0: Okay, so I think uh, th- um, I think that's honest of you because I think you know for you guys this is not this is not a lot of money. If it doesn't work out, it's not a, it's not, it's not going to make or break you. But you've structured that. What interests me is that you've structured this in a way where you're not sucking money out of the company, raising money and sucking money out of the company. It's 36, 36 month hold is is really good. I, I like that component. To it. but at the same time, investors need to be mindful that they need the same mentality as you. This is. Money that they can afford to lose if it doesn't work out, but if it does, it's great cheap optionality for them. Okay, um, so to that point, is um, you're working out what you're going to get. So, can we talk about some of the team, the technical team? Now, I, I recognize the surname of the the geologist here. Uh, yeah. Tell tell us what's going on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I work with my father. Um, you know, my my father's been in the business for uh, close to forty years. He's an exploration geologist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he spent a, a, the bulk of his career down in South America, in Argentina. So he was quite active there mm-hmm. in the '90s, mm-hmm. and and he's uh, you know he's got a, a somewhat of a discovery to his credit, uh, a big silver epithermal project down in uh, in Argentina called the Pinguino, which okay. he, he worked on, uh, acquired and developed in the '90s and through the 2000s. Um, uh, you know, he's you know he's he's put together a number of junior exploration vehicles in Vancouver, so it was a natural fit to work with him. So he advises, you know, as the chairman, um, and kind of oversees from a high level the uh, exploration activities and and helps us select the projects. Well, tell us Um, what does
0: that mean? He looks at it from a high level. Is he is he involved, or is he dipping in and out? What's happening there?
1: No, he's he's very much involved. Um, uh, However, you know, on the ground drilling, he's not as involved. So we do have consultants that uh, you know we rely upon to run the actual the, the work on the ground. Right. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he was up there spotting drill holes with us. Um, and we have, uh, you know, a gentleman out of, uh, out of Vancouver here who runs the actual, uh, you know, exploration work on the ground. So there's a, there's a technical team and, you know, and the beauty of our team is that we've set it up in a way that, you know, you'll notice there's not a lot of names on there. It's mostly uh, legal and finance and and deal guys. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, that that's intentional, right? I mean, if, you know, if there is good success on this project, uh, there's a spot for, uh, you know, for for another director to come on. Um, you know, some some more technical um, expertise to come on in a more formal role. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, as you mentioned, uh, and and as one of our goals, we're trying to keep the operating structure as lean as we can. Um, and you know, I want to stress that that doesn't come at the expense of uh, solid technical decision making ability, but you might just not see it reflected formally at this point. It's kind of sized for the opportunity, if you will.
0: Okay. So so what is your, your father's experience guy, right? Like you mentioned, discovery there. What is he seeing here as the potential? It's really early. I mean, what does he know? What information has he got to allow him to say, this is worth spending some time on and letting you, his son, go and spend time and effort and money on?
1: Yeah. So what what he's seeing is that you know, firstly, the story of the property makes sense. Um, it's never been drilled before. So a lot of people might ask, well, why hasn't it been drilled before? Because obviously, you know, the vast majority of the rock in the world has never been drilled for good reason. There's likely nothing there. Um, the reason this has never been drilled before is not because nobody's not wanted to. It's because it actually took our property vendors it took them nine years to put together the claim package. So yeah. So this is key to the story. Um, you know, we, we work with some local partners uh, you know, outside of Princeton who uh who know this area like the back of their hand. And as I mentioned earlier, there's been prolific um alluvial mining of platinum group metals and gold out of the local rivers. Mm-hmm. As such, uh and, and this is at the turn of the last century, right? The the stats on the twenty thousand ounces, I think they end in the twenties, right? It's like nineteen oh six to nineteen twenty, something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, there's been a lot of prospectors that have had, you know, postage stamp-sized claim blocks in the area looking for the load source of the placer. Um, so, you know, it's been very difficult for any large company with the means to drill to actually collect enough claims to, to make it worthwhile. So, you know, we partnered with uh, with this group that, you know, that we bought the, the project from or the running in from um, because they had spent the time, nine years, to put it together and, and to, uh, you know, to find a group to work on it. Um, so that's that's one thing. That's why it hasn't been drilled. Also, the property is surrounded by uh, two defined mineral resources. There's two um, magnetite deposits on on the eastern and western flank of our claims, and this is important because uh, a large mining company in Vancouver, Imperial Metals, which has been around for decades, uh, has has a feasibility study published on these two resources. And in the 1960s, when there was a, a big building boom in Japan and, and a big uh, you know, a need for investment in iron ore, they were contemplating producing iron ore from the tulamine, which is where we're located and, and shipping it. So, um, they had a large area of the of the claims that we're on um, staked over the last few years. So, um, you know, again, another reason why nobody's gone in and drilled where, where we're looking. A third reason is uh, road access. There was no road access to our property until about 10 years ago. So, right. it was just a a goat trail, and um, adjacent to us, directly on the east, there's a, a coal mine called the Basin Coal Mine that was actually operated by a British company, a private British company. About eight or nine years ago, it went into production, uh, high-quality thermal coal, and and their whole business was built around trucking thermal coal to uh, to the uh, to the railhead uh, about 100 kilometers away. So. You know, with that, they spent uh, millions of dollars putting in uh, a very high quality gravel road, which just happened to cut through what is now our claim block and exposed bedrock all the way through. So it was almost like millions of dollars of free trenching mm. that our property vendors got to collect data from um, that they didn't have to spend money on and and as such, we didn't have to spend any money on. so so you know, um, if investors look at our corporate presentation, they'll see that I've highlighted some of the mm. uh, you know, some of the grades of Copper, uh, Palladium and Gold that have been found at surface and, you know, th- th- those those are good numbers. And of course, they don't mean anything unless they're drilled, but um, you know, a lot of companies have to actually spend hundreds of thousands of dollars before they get to the bedrock. And we were able to get that for free by virtue of uh, somebody else's infrastructure. So I think those three things are key. The amount of time it took to put together the claims. You know why the claim blocks were so small, which was individual prospectors looking for the load source on their own, and you know a large operator working on a different project in the area, uh, in a different era, and then of course the road building. So yeah, um, you know it's it's a it's a good story as to how it came together. And then also note that the uh, the creek. So our the two areas we've been drilling on flank the it's called the Olivine Creek, Mm -hmm. and the Olivine Creek is you know. One of the primary sources of the platinum group placers that have been uh, mined. So, just looking at it from a, you know, a, a, you know, ge- geological point of view, uh, that the rock likely had to come from somewhere upstream of those creeks, which we cover the whole the headwaters of that creek.
0: Right. That, that that that's that's some nice background information. It kind of maybe set, sets the scene a little bit for why you you like this area, th- th- this particular project. Um, can we just talk about the, the strategy, the, the business plan for moving this forward? So you've you've raised, you've done two raises, right? They're, they're, they're small raises They allow you to take these baby steps forward to understand more what it is that you've got under the ground. But like Simpson, you do a lot more drilling. You, there's no kind of certainty around this. This is pure speculation uh, you know, at, yeah. at its finest. Yeah. So how are you going to go about doing these raises going forward. You're going to continue doing these small raises each time. Is that right? And, and where's the money come from? Is this friends well, and family still or is it well, open market?
1: No. So not. it's not necessarily going to be small. Like again, I don't want to set expectations for large or small going forward, but um, you know, we did announce publicly that two of our holes did encounter uh, good mineralization. right? So, you know, the geologists that were logging the core identified that there, you know, there's something there. Um, that could host the metals that we're looking for. So that said, if we're lucky and it does host copper and potentially some precious metals, um you know, the next phase of drilling would be, you know, it would be a modest increase. So I right. think it would be a pro- it would be it, from a, from an investor's point of view it would be what you'd want to see. So it would be, you know, you know, we've just kind of loosely sketched out next year and again, it all depends on the results and it mm-hmm. can be scaled up or down, but if we, you know, uh, ddh3 which was a 200 meter hole that seemed to be you know mineralized the whole way up and down if that bears any kind of copper uh, or precious metals then we could put uh, around you know 2500 meters around that to try to define and get a handle on what we're seeing um, and that would cost us you know again a 200 bucks a meter would cost us 500 grand but you know you add on the cost of running the company, and and you know we would do more work around the property on on other targets that we have. It's a large prop project, so you know maybe a million to two million dollars would get us a lot of work and a, and a lot of news flow. Yeah. Um, and but that said, we're not going to raise it at ten cents or fifteen cents. So if the market doesn't like what they see in the results, um, you know the the next year's work will be sized appropriately to not result in you know excessive dilution. And uh, and to kind of that would kill our, our obviously our, our business thesis here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that you know to answer your question, it would be at least I think twenty five hundred meters, um, which would cost us you know hard dollars in the ground would be five hundred grand. Mm-hmm. But um, you know I think it would provide justification to raise you know a seven figure raise, and wh- where would there be support for that? Um, it hasn't been completely friends and family to this date. It's uh, you know I've got a good relationship with a number of brokers uh, here in Vancouver and Toronto. So uh, our IPO was underwritten by Canaccord, um, and there's been participation by brokers at Haywood, Canaccord, mm-hmm. uh, PI Financial. So okay. uh, I think there'd be good appetite for uh, uh, you know obviously much too early stage for for you know an institutional investor in that sense. But I right. think we would attract the attention of uh, you know high net worth. Um, Okay. In, in the Canadian release. yeah.
0: And how, how much have uh, management directors put
1: in? Uh, so we own thirty-seven percent of the issued and outstanding. Right. Um, on a dollar basis, I would have to look that up. But we've put in a lot. Um, you know, we put in, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. say, right. uh, amongst uh, the group, um, there's a you know we have some supporters here in Vancouver that have written big che- checks as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, it's not it's not just uh, you know five and ten grand here and there from everybody, right? right. But no, we, we own 40 percent of it. Call it fully diluted, uh, maybe thirty seven percent on a basic basis.
0: Right. Okay. And we'll
1: continue to support it. We'll continue to support it. I mean, if if we're disappointed by the results here, I you know I just want to highlight. Oftentimes with these drill shots, what you see is you know the company goes all in, promotes heavily, um, generates a lot of interest, and then the results are disappointing, and the stock goes to one to five cents, and it's consolidated, and, and it's a total loss. Um, and I, I really want to stress to anybody that invests is that you know again, I don't I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know if it's going to go to zero or not. Uh, obviously, I hope not. But it's designed in a way that theoretically it shouldn't, um, because mm-hmm. we've left enough money in the company to run it for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no need to do a dilutive financing at all if we don't want to keep working. And the structure and liquidity are attractive enough that. You know, other opportunities have been presented to me, um, especially over the last few weeks, as you know, as the uh, share prices or the shares have actually been trading with uh, you know with some good liquidity. There's there's going to be opportunities to add um, other projects to the portfolio if we so choose, and I think that's really important because you know anybody can put a deal together and tell you that they can get a project in, but. Uh, you know, you have to find a willing seller. And you know, if I had a good project uh, and I was selling it for shares, I would be very hesitant to put it into a vehicle that has uh, an illiquid structure or, or you know, a diluted structure. And so, you know, we really de risked our capital structure by setting it up in a way that you know that's not a consideration next year or probably the year after. So there's really a, you know, there's a two-three year runway that somebody speculating now. Could still make money on their shares, right? If we come up with absolutely nothing on this drill program. That okay,
0: we've so tell me, tell me a little bit more about you. So you've you've obviously got other things going on. This isn't paying the bills, right? It's Three thousand bucks isn't really making a dent. Yeah, in it. it's it's
1: it's not. I mean, I'm a consultant to a, a couple of companies. Oh. Um, you know, I work with a group of companies in Vancouver. Um, you know, I do spend a good deal of my time on this project, and you know. You know, with some success, uh, you know, it should become more more of a full-time job. But, right. you know, I, I highlight it should not be, a, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a relatively young guy. I've got, you know, I've got uh, 20 hours a day to work if I want. So, um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I do spend a lot of time on this and I work with a number of other companies, right? It's uh, I'm very okay. passionate about junior mining um, yeah. and I think there's a way it should be done right here. And um, Are you the guy to run yeah, this company?
0: I, when this, if, if yeah. something comes up?
1: You are? Okay. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, just given my family history in in, uh, in mining, I mean, actually, you know, um, of a European background, but my family came to Vancouver specifically to participate in the junior mining industry in the 1960s. So, you know, while I don't have a degree in geology, I've been around it my whole life. Um, I think I know enough people to help. Uh, I'm by no means, you know, I don't want to purport myself to be a technical expert. But uh, you know, there's a wealth of resources that that you know our team draws upon here in Vancouver, and uh, you know, again, we're in a really privileged position to be able to to do work like this on a you know on a very modest budget, and uh, and obviously with you know split duties amongst other companies. Um, but again, I you know I really don't see that as a risk to investors to have a you know a distracted management team or anything like that. That's not the case. It's. Uh, you know they're all complementary um, companies that we that we manage here out right. of our office.
0: So what and what's the so you're sitting there quite high up. I can see gla- glass yeah. glass walls, all very nice. Um, <laughs> so what's the point at which you pull the trigger and say I will go full time on this project? Because investors want to see the management team really invested and not sitting on you know two or three boards.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that point, will likely be you know with a, a much expanded drill program that runs. Full year, right? So, I mean, right now when we have drilled, um, we can start drilling again whenever we want. I mean, it's a t- it's a 12 month property. So that's a you know, I just want to touch on that. In that, um, you know, a lot of a lot there's a lot of mining companies in BC, exploration companies, uh, particularly up north. And one of the one of the um, aspects of investing in some of the companies in BC is that there's a very short season that you can conduct work in. Um and, and you you often see that reflected in the trading patterns of the stock um uh, because you know you're only gonna get news news flow and results um in you know July, August, September and October mm-hmm. before twenty feet of snow falls on the project and the helicopters can't fly the drill in anymore. Uh where we're located in southwestern B C we're in a really good location uh, from a weather and climate perspective uh-huh. in that it's, it's relatively arid, actually. It's the extension of a desert that comes up from, the, from Washington State, right. and we could drill for, you know, uh, you know a nominal incre- incrementing cost uh, through the winter. So, so to answer your question, if we have success, um, then yes, you know, very quickly we'll be uh, you know, it'll be much more of my time. Absolutely.
0: So, Sam, thanks very much for introducing that story to us. It's, it's new to us. Um we're delighted to kind of, I like showing these sort of early stage projects to people because understanding how you start from the get-go and how you structure it. And today we've we've talked a lot about structuring, why that's important. And I think for investors to understand the importance of that, and I think you've done a good job explaining that, is has been fascinating to listen to. So I appreciate that. But, um, good luck with this project, and stay in touch with us. Keep up to date with how well certainly the drill results and any uh, any other data that you gather. We'd love to hear how you develop this move this forward certainly in Q1, Q2 next year.
1: Yeah, thanks very much. We'll do. We'll have some results coming out at the end of the month, likely or early into January, so you know we'll we'll know if we've done it right but uh yeah I really appreciate the opportunity to. Uh, explain the philosophy here and we're we're trying to do things the right way and we'll uh, hopefully continue to prove that to the market.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.